0: What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Whoa That's Good Podcast. Y'all, I am so excited. We have a treat today. We have Lisa Harper, and y'all, we're calling her in the middle of a busy day for her. She's actually literally in the airport on a layover, and so we're getting her right in the midst of some craziness. There might be some sound in the background, but listen, if you can hone in on what she's saying, she has so much wisdom. If you don't know Lisa Harper, she is the funniest woman in the world, but she's also a theologian. Like, she is is the smartest woman in the world. She's actually a theological scholar. She's written over 10 books, well over 10 books. She's a mom to her sweet adopted daughter, Missy. She is just incredible. She's one of my favorite preachers and teachers. So I cannot wait. I'm so glad she's given us some of her time in the middle of the airport. It's gonna be a great conversation. So let's go ahead and call Lisa. We can just jump right in to the question of the world That's Good podcast. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
1: Okay, I'm going to totally cheat because I, <laughs> I couldn't decide between two. One is super easy, and it is eat cake first. And so that, that's, that. that's my first answer. My second answer <laughs> is from one of my favorite theologians. I usually love all the dead guys, but this guy is still alive. Um <laughs> Um, His name is Frederick Beekner, just an amazing writer and theologian. And he said, listen to your life, see it for the fathomless mystery it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than Mm -hmm. in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it, because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. And Sadie, if I had to hang on to just one statement of... Apart from biblical wisdom, just one statement I've heard, it would probably be life itself is grace. Wow. I think sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, hoping for the huge breakthroughs or the massive shifts that we miss those little miracles that happen every day. Yesterday, we were in New Hampshire, and I was with my little girl. She's 11. Of course, I'm pathologically biased, but I think she's the most amazing kid in the world. Uh And and we found this, like, little kind of spot where you could jump off rocks into this river, and it was maybe a 15-foot jump. And we had kind of faced that same exact type of jump. In Montana with Levi and Jenny Lesko and their kids, we were on a float trip a few weeks ago, and Missy was scared. She was really scared. We were with you After a while with the kid, you're like, honey, it's no big deal. You don't have to make this jump. Well, here it is, you know, three or four weeks later, we're in New Hampshire. Same thing. We're maybe, I don't know. 15 feet above the water plenty deep enough for a jump but she was really scared and so I was like baby it's okay you don't have to make this jump I said but if you want to I'll hold your hand to go in with you and I jumped several times it took her like 30 minutes and then she just she could tell she just decided I am not gonna let fear rule me I'm in mama we made this jump into this freezing cold water and to watch my little girl's face just illuminate with, oh, I did it. I thought that's, wow. that's enough miracle to carry me for the next week. And so I think that would be the best wisdom I've gotten, at least from someone I, I don't know, would be that yeah. life itself is grace. Don't miss the small moments pining for the big ones.
0: That is beautiful. I love that so much. That's so true. You know, I've really noticed that recently, especially in this quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, just the little moments that have become so big, you know, to me recently. Even I told my husband this, I was like, the sunsets have just been getting me lately yeah. and the sun rises. It's just that reminder that like a new day is starting. And yes, of course, like, you know, that, that hits everybody. But for me, it's just been hitting me extra sweet mm-hmm. lately. And so that, that's so cool that you said that before we get into other people's questions, I want to ask you my own question because you're honestly one of the most hilarious people ever. Like, I mean, I love listening to your (laughs) stuff. I watch so many of your sermons. My friends know I send them to them as well. Oh But you have such a great balance of just being so funny. Like your first piece of advice, eat cake first, which is great. And then your (laughs) second piece of advice, which is just so deep and beautifully spoken and said. And so how do you find that balance of not taking yourself too seriously in life and not taking life too seriously
1: yeah oh gosh that's a great question sadie you know i think when i was your age i was such a poser i was really afraid to let kind of my crack show you know because i just (laughs) swallowed the lie that that perfection was a prerequisite to have a relationship with god And so I thought, oh, geez, if I really, you know, if I show people my real self, either they'll be disappointed or worse still, they'll be disappointed in God and think God is less than perfect because he has this total yahoo on his team. And, And he just, he's so gracious to teach us. It took me a long time to really get that perfection or feigned perfection is overrated. And I still remember, Sadie, I was part of a women's conference years ago, and the head of the conference, this wise older woman, she just said it. You know, sometimes people will, like, drop these wisdom bombs, and you're like, dang, I need to, like, cross-stitch that. That was amazing. (laughs) Yes. But she said, Lisa, she said, women are not impressed with what you got right. They're impressed with where you got it wrong and God rescued you. And I remember I was probably I don't know maybe I was 30 and I thought, oh my goodness, Jesus needs to be the hero of every story." And so I think hmm. that kind of allows you to exhale and realize, hey I don't need to I don't need to present my best face to the world. I always say we don't have to wear spanx with other people you know? <laughs> literally and spiritually, because <laughs> because of God's mercy. And so I always want him to be the hero of the story. And so, you know, if that's that means so kind of laughing at myself, so be it. No big deal.
0: That is so good. Honestly, it's, it's so funny. Like, you will literally make me laugh, like, so hard that I'm crying, and then you turn it into <laughs> I'm actually crying. Uh, that's what I always <laughs> tell my friends about you're speaking. It's so good. I love it. Well, we got some great questions in from people on— oh, cool. The LO Sister app. We got questions in from Instagram. Uh, people are just really needing spiritual guidance, honestly, yeah. especially in today's day. Not a lot of people have, you know, a good mentor or even mom or older person in their life who can pour into them. So I'm super excited about this. Um, the first question someone sent in is, how do you know when God is calling you to something or calling you somewhere?
1: Mm. You know, there's, uh, there is, I don't want to ever give acrostics for really good questions like, oh, A, B, C, or one, two, three, because I think that's right. almost disrespectful to the question, because that's a profound question. I would mm. say that when God is calling you to something, God doesn't try to trip us up. So He's not trying to punk you. He's not trying to go, hey, hey, you know, <laughs> present this over here and see if they'll fall for it. God will corroborate where He's calling you. In my opinion, through three things, the first is his word. and so if you really in God's word, that's how we communicate with God. Good.
0: Whoa, or just text woe to five hundred five hundred that's audible a u d I b l dot com slash woe or text woe to five hundred five hundred to try audible for free for thirty days. or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great. Or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico. K I W I C O.com slash Sadie Rob Summer.
1: And so, it's not this dry textbook. It's not a collection of morality tales. This is God's living Word. It's living conversation. And so, if you if you have your nose and the promises of God, this love story He left us, mm. He'll confirm it through His Word. He'll confirm it through His Holy Spirit. If you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit, God says, quickens us. The Holy Spirit is that whisper in your mind and heart that says, You have the right to call the king of all kings, Abba, Dad. And so it's through his word, through his Holy Spirit. And then scripture says it's through the counsel of wisdom. So if you've got two or three friends, especially two or three people who are a little further along in their walk of faith, doesn't necessarily mean they're chronologically older, but just they've been walking with Jesus a little longer than you have God will confirm his will through those three things. Mm -hmm. So if you've kind of got, you know, if you got Powerball, all three bananas come up across the screen, you go, yeah, God's totally leading me in this area. And then I always think personally that God, if we're in motion, if you're taking steps, it's easier for God to direct us. Because I see some people who are like, okay, I'm just going to sit here on the couch until basically like a plane flies overhead, pulling yeah. a banner, you know, that tells me what I'm supposed to do next. I'm like, well, maybe just take the next right step. Like you don't have to be able to see around the corner. Just if God is nudging you, take the next right step and trust that he'll, he'll illuminate the ones to follow
0: That's so good. Oh, I love that. That's going to help so many people. I feel like in my own life, I've struggled with that too, especially before I really understood you know, what the Holy Spirit's job was in in life, and also that it's always going to confirm His Word. Those are really two things that really—I remember being a pivotal thing in my life. I think that's so good.
1: Yeah, it's like chips and queso. Those two go together.
0: Oh, amen. Don't they? (laughs) The best combo. (laughs) That's funny. So somebody said, how do I train my mind and actions to do what Christ wants me to do
1: and Mm. think? That is such a beautiful question. Yeah, beautiful question. It really goes back to that knowing the voice of God. Mm. My little girl was adopted. I brought her home from Haiti six years ago. And when I brought Missy home from Haiti, she was four years old, didn't speak English. And so for the first couple of months, we did charades because my Creole was abysmal. She was learning English. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't understand what I was asking her to do because she couldn't speak my language. Mm-hmm. The language of God is through spirit and word. Good. And so if you want to be totally in sync with Jesus, wh- how God's calling you to live, How He's calling you to change the trajectory of your life, walk into more abundance and peace and joy. You have got to speak God's language. And so you've really got to get into His Word. And I think one of the things that's broken my heart over the last, uh, let's just say the last 10 years, is, you know, we've got so many amazing podcasts, so many amazing preachers, so many amazing books. That I see people going, yeah, I don't really need to be in the, in the Bible, mm-hmm. because these people are really funny, or these people are really exciting, or they do, like, this awesome video stuff, and it explains the Bible to me. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, like, not going to to Hamilton and just reading the notes of Hamilton on your phone. You can't begin to understand how much Mm -hmm. God loves you if you're taking somebody else's word for it. So really, I'd say first and foremost, dive into God's word certainly use, you know, helps that'll help you understand his words. Some of the books can be hard to understand. So absolutely use commentaries, get get preacher's notes. And then I'd say really spend time in prayer. You know, I do all different kinds of prayer. We live out in the boonies on a hill. And so one of my favorite prayers is to gasp and pray. Mm-hmm. Because when I walk uphill, I'm in a fluffy season and it's kind of hard for me to get going uphill. <laughs> But I walk and pray, and so the more I really am in tune with the Lord through prayer, that conversation with God, I start recognizing His voice, and you, the Bible says that. The Bible says if you walk with Jesus, you'll begin to recognize His voice, and it won't sound like anybody else's voice. It's not going to sound like your mama's voice, your boyfriend's voice, your therapist's voice. You'll go, oh, mm-hmm. that right there is my Creator, Redeemer. So spend, spend time in this love story and spend time in prayer.
0: That's so cool. I love that. I love how you call it a love story too, because Mm. it is. It is. I would just say that to everybody who even follows me and watches me. I know that a lot of you are encouraged by things that I say. But again, what she's saying, this is like nothing compared to you yourself going and diving into the Word of God and praying for yourself and starting that own relationship with God. And a lot of you actually ask questions about how do I have my own relationship with God? And I think she just answered that. So for those of you who sent in that question, That was such a beautiful answer. Uh, And I love how you talk about your daughter, Missy. Mm -hmm. You guys are the cutest pair. Y'all are Mm -hmm. also light chips and queso. A great combo. Y'all are so cute. I wanted to ask you about the adoption process Mm because my family's adopted. And it's such a long process. I know y'all had a very long process. And so uh, any advice to people who maybe are walking out adoption for themselves in that long process, or just anything where they're having to patiently wait on something to happen?
1: Yeah. Well, I'd say, first of all, we've got to go back to the basics and just remember, check your own scaffolding that our God is a good God even when your future seems messy or seems really blurry, our God is a redeemer. Ultimately, everything, every single thing will will work out for our good and His glory. And I had to keep reminding myself that, Sadie. I I lost two adoptions. One was at Mm -hmm. the 11th hour, four days before I was supposed to bring the baby home. Wow. And I mean, it gutted me. I felt like you know, my heart had been run over by a Mack truck, and I really wasn't sure I'd be able to kind of peel myself up off the pavement. Plus, I started really late. I was I was just thick as a brick, and I don't mean that in like a hip kind of way. <laughs> when I was in my 20s and 30s, I was really broken, dated a lot of abusive men from mm. just kind of got bent when I was younger. There was a lot of sexual molestation, and so those were the guys mm. I was drawn to in my 20s and 30s. So God protected me from them. And then the few good godly guys, like the older version of your husband, of Christian that I dated, God protected them for me because I was hot Mm -hmm. mess on a stick. And so by the time he had pulled kind of the deepest toxic roots out of my heart, you know, I was in my early 40s. And I thought, oh, man, I'm not going to get to be a mom. Not that God is capricious, but, you know, there are consequences to bad behavior. And I thought, I'm I'm not going to get to have my own kids because my ovaries are raisins at this point. Mm -hmm. And too long a story to share, but just it really was a miracle that God wove adoption into my life. But after those two losses, I was just like, oh, golly jeepers, I'm not... I'm not sure I can kind Mm -hmm. of keep hope alive, you know, when you've been that devastated. And it was just two weeks after I lost this baby, that a friend called and she said, Lise, you know, I know you're still really wrecked, but I just got home from Haiti. And while I was there, one of the young moms in the village I was visiting died of AIDS. And she left behind a two-year-old who's really, really sick. She has HIV and cholera and tuberculosis and she said the doctors have told us she'll die within a couple of months if somebody, really anybody, wow. doesn't step in the gap for her. And she said, you know, I don't know if you have the bandwidth to even make this decision, but mm. would you consider praying about stepping in this process, you know, another another adoption attempt? And, you know, it was so much messier, so much scarier than the first two adoptions I had lost. Mm. But I said, no. I said, I'm not willing to pray about it. I said, I've been praying about this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Michelle signed me up. And wow. lest Sadie, any of your friends listening, think that I'm all that, I've got to be real honest and tell you when I hung up the phone, I said a word that's not in the Bible because I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah, I said, I don't want to do this. You know, how do I adopt a child that's really sick from Haiti? I mean, I didn't know. But again, you know, it kind of goes back to that question of how do we walk out God's will one step at a time yeah you just take the next step I had no idea it would be this you know two-year really tumultuous process that Missy would get really sick that we'd be afraid we'd lose her a few times but I'm telling you two years almost to the day I started the process I brought her home Easter week 2014 and Jesus is my hope But I'm telling you, Missy is this tangible miracle. Wow. Every time I look at my kid, she's healthy as a horse. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm convinced we look alike, even though she's from Haiti, although I can promise you we don't dance alike. My kid has a lot more, (laughs) a lot more rhythm than me. But but what God has for us is so worth staying the course for. And I'm sure in light of the last five months, you've got people listening who You know, you just feel like I'm at the end of my Mm road. And maybe even at this point are thinking God doesn't see me or has forgotten about me. And I've been there. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you as a 57-year-old woman, I can look back over my life and Sadie, I promise you, there's not been one chapter that I can look back now on and say God's absence that I experienced his absence. I've never experienced his absence. Wow. I've experienced doubt and I've experienced my own frail faith, but God has always been kind. He's always redeemed. You know, the biggest messes in my life that I thought there's just no stinking way this is too tangled or this is too painful. Mm -hmm. There's always been redemption on the other side. So I would just say, stay the course. Just keep walking toward Jesus.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's gonna, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just gonna ring true for so many people and set so many people free in this moment. So, if you're listening right now, you know, take it personal. Let the words mm-hmm. that she's saying speak to you. You know, the reason I call these people who are friends of mine and have amazing wisdom is for you, it's for you to receive that mm-hmm. advice. And oftentimes, more than not, I'm actually hugely impacted by every word that you say as well. So take it personal. Mm-hmm. You kind of just talked about this, but I thought this question was really good and it came from such a raw place in someone's life. But they said, how do I stop regretting things that happened in my past and just move on and begin to learn from those experiences?
1: Mm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow from the book of Christine Kane, who is one of my <laughs> best friends. And I know you love Chris as well too, Sadie. I do. I remember, gosh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Chris and I were at a conference together and she stood up and she took we have some similar past as far as molestation and abuse and just some hard stuff mm. but she st- stood up and she just really simply said i was sexually abused for 12 years and i'm now 52 so she said i have not been being abused for 40 years mm. and she said you know whenever what god has done for you becomes bigger in your heart and mind than what was done to you then you'll really start walking in peace and abundance. Wow. And, you know, that doesn't mean we we pretend things that didn't hurt, you know, over and over and over again in the Gospels. Jesus compelled people to admit they hurt. He compelled people to go, I can't make it by myself. So I think that confession of this hurts or I'm dying here, that is incumbent upon us as humans to go, gosh, I can't fix this hole in my heart or I can't heal this bruise. But when you confess that, trust that Jesus will redeem it, and, and ultimately, when you get to the other side of that sorrow, you'll go, wow, I've actually been walking in peace longer than I was walking in pain. But again, there's, there's so much to be said for just, you put your head down, and you keep putting one foot in front of the other, and everything you do comes from that core belief that God is good. Mm-hmm. Even when life is just cruddy, God is mm-hmm. good.
0: That's so good. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I actually just recently was talking to Lisa Turkers and she said the same thing. She was talking about how like you have to just have it as a banner that God is good. Like go into things with the idea that God is good. Come out of things with the idea that God is good, even when life gets so bad.
1: So that's so cool. Sometimes I think it helps to even do tangible things. I'm not the the sharpest tool in the shed, <laughs> and so sometimes you know you know sometimes you have to remind your heart. I feel like my heart lags behind my head. I can read all this Greek and Hebrew, yeah, study stuff in school, and read these books with multi syllabic theological terms, but it's like sometimes my heart needs to be reminded. And so I work with girls in Nashville who are in recovery from drug and alcohol abuse, a lot of girls who are in addiction recovery. And I was with some girls recently, and they were just you know, talking about how hard their life has been. And, you know, now they're turning their lives around. They're like, Miss Lisa, do you know how little we make? Like, we've made a whole lot more hooking than we make, mm-hmm. you know, working minimum wage as a, as a hotel attendant or at Chipotle. And and you know, there's some real hard stuff. So I don't ever mean to make light of people who walk through difficulties, and a ton of your friends do. Mm-hmm. But I said, y'all, we've got to remember that this world is in our home mm-hmm. and that God's Bigger than any any difficulty we face, so I said, "Here's what I want y'all to start doing: just between now and when I come back next week, I want y'all, when you get your laundry out of the dryer, to start putting your laundry on your beds. Close the door when you have just a second to yourself. Lean back into that warm laundry, and just imagine Jesus holding you." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh, Miss Lisa, you ain't right. That is." True. <laughs> it just kind of went nuts, and I was like, "Just take me at my word, just." Try it, because they're all in this dorm, they're like, "Ah, people are going to think I'm a nut. But they started doing it, and they were like, oh my goodness, those five or six seconds when I really let myself lean into that warmth and imagine Jesus embracing me, they said, it really began to change, kind of settle my spirit. Mm -hmm. My favorite verse, Sadie, probably in all of Scripture, but certainly in the Old Testament, is this one simple verse in the Song of Solomon, and, you know, most people think that's like this hyper-lusty, you know, <laughs> wild, X-rated poetry in the Bible, but it's, it's actually about the kind of intimacy we can have with Jesus. There is, wow. of course, an application for marriage, but... Since I'm single and 57, I can't talk about getting jiggy with it. I just have to talk about Jesus. (laughs) You know, the bigger application is us and our divine husband, our divine bridegroom. But there's this scene in that story where God says to us, his bride, with one glance of your eyes, you captured my heart. So you stop and think of that when you looked at Christian and y'all were exchanging vows, mm-hmm. and you probably the whole world could have disappeared, and you would have felt absolutely secure in that moment because you were secure yeah. in Christian's love. That God is saying, that's your only human context of that kind of love. He's saying, my love for you is even better than that. And I think so many people, even Christians, walk through this life assuming God is like a unibrowed librarian mad at them, Mm -hmm. when in reality, He's a bridegroom Mm -hmm. looking at us with such pure, perfect love going, if you can only get, you you had me at hello. Mm -hmm. And I think when we begin to model our lives after the affection of God, instead of thinking God is mad at us, That kind of even changes the motives of our heart, definitely changes our security.
0: It's great. Oh, it's so good. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. The last question that I'll ask, and I think this one is really good and clearly comes from a struggle that they're going through. And actually, so many people sent in this question. Um, It says, how do I deal with a family member who isn't a believer?
1: I've oh, been there. I was there for years and years. My stepfather was not only not a believer, he was a vehement agnostic. Wow. Really hated anything to do with with God. I was a senior in high school. He threw my Bible out of the front door in a rainstorm.
0: Wow. Because
1: he said he didn't want that BS in his house anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was, I loved my stepdad. Desperately wanted him to love me. And so I know... How incredibly painful that can be, especially if it's ongoing. What helped me, my stepdad came to Christ eight weeks before he died. It was just, mm. I'm still convinced angels just fell out when dad walked in glory, like, no, seeking way. <laughs> but in the beginning of Genesis, it says that every human being is made in God's image. Mm-hmm the latin concept is Imago day that means anybody even the cruelest people we see even people who don't acknowledge god they still bear his thumbprint and back in probably my 30s i started asking god help me see your reflection in my stepdad because he was he didn't love me well it was a it was a difficult relationship and I thought if I'm basing my love on his deservingness or lack thereof, I'm just, I'm not going to love him well. I don't have that in me. But if I can begin to see God's thumbprint and I begin to see that this man is absolutely adored mm. by the creator of the universe, the God that I bow my knee before, then God will grow my respect God will allow me to answer his unkind questions with kindness. And I, mm-hmm. it changed the way, I'm not saying I did it well, goodness, mm-hmm. sometimes I was such a brat, but mm-hmm. it changed the posture of my heart toward my dad and I could begin to treat him with that he was a man who deserved respect and dignity, and value, because He he bore my Heavenly Father's thumbprint. Mm. So I would say be careful if you're in a relationship with somebody who's physically abusive, emotionally abusive, back up so that God can guard your heart and your mind. But as best you can, stay engaged by seeing that family member or that loved one as Imago Dei, as someone who bears God's image. And then I'd also say pray for them by name. Mm. Speak their name out loud. You know, that's something that's really common in culture right now and in the social justice movement is to speak the names of people we don't want to forget. Well, I would say don't let your heart forget or become numb to those people who are in your family who are difficult to deal with, don't yet know Jesus. Speak their name out loud in prayer, and that'll keep them kind of on the forefront of your mind and heart.
0: That's great. Oh, that's so good. I know that's going to help so many people listening. I know so many names are coming to hearts all around. And so Mm -hmm. take a minute, pause the podcast, pray for those people that you're thinking of right now by name. Lisa, you are just incredible. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom. I I like to sometimes pull out one of the best pieces of advice that I have received from you. And there is a quote that made me laugh, but it was so great. It said, I'm so grateful for opportunities God's given me. But don't forget, he often uses donkeys and rocks too. (laughs) And I I just love your tie of wisdom Mm -hmm. and humility and humor and all the things. And so thank you for who you are and for sharing so much advice with us today. I know so many people are so grateful.
1: Thank you for having me. Sadie, Missy wanted to extend a special invitation. She loves you. And when I told her I got to talk with Miss Sadie, she said, please tell her to come go for a motorcycle ride with us. So
0: next time you're
1: in Nashville, and if your husband allows, Missy wants to take you for a motorcycle ride out in the boonies.
0: Oh, that would be my greatest joy. And hey, he would not only allow it, he would ask if he could go on a ride too. That (laughs) sounds
1: awesome. (laughs) Only I am not going to stand next to you in leather pants, honey. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well I cannot wait for this day to come you're awesome <laughs> who's ready for some
2: WtG wtb
0: well that's good well that's bad advice sitting <laughs> in by the wall that. My yeah, I know. That's kind of hard. Sent in by the Boy That's Good Instagram page. We are so pumped to read some of the things that y'all asked us. Also, I actually want to ask you one serious question first. And I'm yeah. not, I know this is like, sounds like I'm not being serious, but we just obviously had an interview with Lisa Harper and we had a DM sent in, mm-hmm. And somebody sent a, a DM that said, how do you crawl out of a pit of habitual sin? Like something that you just like cannot knock. And I know it's a really serious question, but I felt like yeah. you would be a good one to answer that.
2: Yeah. I think it kind of gets to the point where you're so fed up with it and it really gets to the point where like you know you 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 know that this is something that you know only the Lord can deliver you from and it's nothing that you can kind of come out of in your own strength and it I know for me there was stuff I was dealing with a few years ago and it you know you'd come out of it and then you'd kind of get pulled back in and it really for me was when I was like okay that's it no matter what I have to do I'm eliminating this from my life and it that really happened when I was like no matter what has to happen, I'm going to get through this. The Lord's going to deliver me. This is going to be uh, part of my testimony, part of my story. Yes, yeah, so I think getting to that point where you're like, enough's enough. I know that this can be difficult, and I'm going to maybe still struggle with this, but I'm not going to live in that.
0: Like you said, like the Lord is still deliver you from it. It's not going to be in your own works, but at the same time, like you can definitely do things that— Yeah, like, say if you struggle with porn, like, don't get on the website. Get the websites that, you know, the canine browser, all the things that make your computer safe to where you don't, like, you can't physically click on those things. Delete Instagram, delete Snapchat, delete YouTube. If you struggle with drinking, you might not want to be going out to parties and stuff where drinks are all around. Like, there are actual things that you can do Mm -hmm. to help yourself get out of that pit. If you struggle with doing things whenever you're alone, like, try to have friends friends over, try to have accountability, turn on worship music. You can do stuff to get really serious about not dealing with sin in your life anymore. Paul actually says it like this one time, but there was a time in the Bible where there was this demon possessed woman and like she was driving Paul crazy to where Paul was just like, be healed. Like he got so spiritually annoyed and just called it out of her and, and she was healed. And so I think of that sometimes with sin, like sometimes we have to get so spiritually annoyed with something that we're like, in Jesus' name, no more. And keep speaking that out until that thing stops. Uh, yeah. So that was a serious yeah. start. That wasn't, I wasn't going as bad, but that was a question sent into the yeah. DMs that I thought yeah. was worth noting. Yeah. Well,
2: that's a great question. And you know, Jesus does have the profound line of saying, you know, if if your eye caused you to sin, gouge it out. And I think that just addresses the seriousness of sin and how it can infest its way into your life. And, and he addresses it so seriously with saying, you know, just deal with it, deal with it eliminate it, cut it out.
0: Yeah. So good. All right. We're going to go on to some not as serious things. And this says, just make it to 2021. Good or better advice.
2: Um... Well, I mean, 2020 has been a a difficult year, but I do think that, you know, James, it talks about, you know, going through trials and the Lord, you know, brings you out of those and, you know, kind of joy when you face those trials. So I do think that this is a year of refinement and I think that the Lord's doing something that we would have never seen Him doing. So I think that if we just wish for the next year or wish to be out of this trial, then I think we will lose some of the refinement aspect that He's wanting to sanctify us in.
0: I agree. I don't think you should just wish 2020 away. I mean, it's here. It's clearly hard. It's definitely refining us. But I was thinking about this the other day, like we can forever hold 2020 as like the worst year ever, or we can hold it as the year that we really got to know God in a more personable way. And and that's not dependent on a things turn around. That's in the midst of the hard things, in the midst of the trials, like Christian said, we count it joy because there's going to be perseverance that we gain in that. And so, yeah, I don't think we should wish it away or just make it to 2020. I hope that we can make it to 2021 because we're better for 2020 happening, yeah. even though it was hard. All right, live from love, not for love.
2: That's good advice. Yeah,
0: WTG, baby. What? Franny actually said that on the. I think that was a couple weeks ago's podcast.
2: Yeah, she did say that. Yeah, I remember her saying that. Yeah, I mean, even just the idea of God is love. Yeah, we were talking earlier about the verse in John 15 where Jesus says that He's the divine, and we're the branches. From apart from Him, we can do nothing. And it's that idea. Of if we're not connected to the source, then we're not living we're not living in love, we're not living from love. Yeah.
0: So good. All right. Lastly, I think this is so good. True community shouldn't always be easy. Hmm. I'll tell you why I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good because well, I think I think,
2: that's, I think that's good too, but I was just trying to wrap my brain around.
0: Yeah, I think in the sense of yeah. this, like you can have friends who it's like easy with but you don't actually go deep or you don't actually share with them the hard things that you're going through in life and just to be honest like life is hard like like we just talked about 2020 has been rough and like if you don't have the friends who you can talk about those things and that it's messy like it's not always going to be easy but true community is there for those times or even like you have to call somebody out for something they're doing in their life for sin that they have going on you're like hey like you're better than that like that's not always easy but it's something you need to hear and I think think sometimes community is just easy they just go with the flow but they don't call each other to the best of their potential and they're also not there for each other and it's like hard times
2: yeah that was really good wtg
0: wtg all right guys thanks so much for sitting in good and bad advice to the world's good podcast instagram don't forget keep sending it we'll keep talking about it
2: we'll see y'all later next week and the podcast yep we'll see you
0: then adios amigos bye guys